Hello and welcome to episode number 21 of the WooCast with Sarah Landau. My name is Mackie. And I'm Juliet. And we're here to explore all things weird, weird and woo-woo. And woo-woo. Hey, yeah. we didn't do it together. You went fast. <laughs> I, well, every time I try to do it a little bit different. So well, that we I'm not ready out. for you, man. Sorry. <laughs> we're keeping it fresh. Uh, so yeah, this was a really cool episode. And um, as we were about to record this episode... I just started to feel really exhausted. I felt really out of it. I needed to take some time to kind of uh, sit back and relax. And it really worked out well because Julia and Sarah have some really great chemistry. And that's because Sarah is one of my oldest friends. Yeah. And so it kind of felt right that she and I uh, do a solo episode. So I was on my own for this one. Sarah and I have known each other since I was 12. We met in Home Ec, which I'm not even sure if they have Home Ec nowadays, but... Not virtually. I remember a few things we learned in that class. One, how to balance a checkbook. Really important information. That's, that's actually good. We didn't have that. We had, like, we made an apron. Oh, yeah. We also made brownies. And, uh, oh, we learned how to sew. And that's really where my relationship with Sarah developed, developed because... Um, I just couldn't get it. And she pretty much did all the work for me and took over and helped me sew what I needed to sew in that class so I could pass the class. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I remember as bonding. Um, aside it's good from that, to know. So if I need a button sewed on, uh, I know not, not to ask you. Not uh, with a Sarah. sewing machine, at least. I need a little work. <laughs> I could do thread and needle. I used to do, you know, I'm, I go old school. I go like, you know, very hands-on. No machinery for me. <laughs> but no, I wouldn't be the person to sew things for you but yeah so Sarah and I met when I was that young and so she's one of my oldest friends she was in our wedding um she has traveled all over the country so we haven't been as close as we could have been because of her I would say her wanderlust personality which is something that I have always really admired about Sarah uh, she's Aquarius. She has very Aquarius energy. I'm Virgo, very earthbound. So I tend to kind of like want to stick somewhere. But for her, she's really explored all over from living at Yosemite National Park. I remember visiting her when I was 20 and she lived in a tent cabin and worked in the park uh, to living um, in Tahoe to uh, living in Reno and Nevada, like just I don't know, so many places. She went to school in Washington State. Like this I girl. it's pronounced Nevada. It is pronounced Nevada. And Sarah actually told me that. That's how she knows <laughs> that I've never been there because it is pronounced Nevada. Um, point being, this episode is really special because of our chemistry and because we have such a history. And when my dad passed away, I actually asked her family if they would take me in when I was 16. That's how much. I loved her, her family, and how inseparable we were when we were that age, when we were getting into our teenage years, into our teenage years. We, we called ourselves freaks. You'll hear about that. I had hot pink hair. She had a blue mohawk. And um, we listened to punk rock music together and smoked pot. And yet we laughed, we cried, we supported each other. And uh, the best thing is our paths have kind of aligned in this beautiful way as history has just kind of continued. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. 
you've like intertwined again. Yeah, we've intertwined again in that she's in the healing arts space. She has a company called Heart Path Wellness for a few years now. She is a Reiki teacher. Uh, and I actually don't know if she teaches Reiki, but I know that she uh, is a practitioner, does energy healing work. She's also an astrologer. And it's just wild how we're both in the woo space. And uh, when we talk, it's like we never left each other's side. And we still have this like 12 year old boy humor, which is also really funny, which is what we had when we were growing up. We just made each other laugh all yeah, the time. Yeah, this is a, a real time capsule of a conversation. For sure. Um, and I do, I, I believe in life, there are no accidents. And having her back in my life at this pivotal point where I'm making so many changes and I'm kind of feeling very raw, very open, just being able to connect with somebody who you've known for that long and have a history with and feel so comfortable with. And she just holds that healing space um, no matter what is very, very powerful. And uh, we talk about our history. We talk about, you know, astrology, energy, healing, how she got to where she is now doing this as a career. Uh, it was a, just a beautiful conversation. And uh, we've been doing these updates pre-launch. So if you're ready to get into the episode, uh, maybe check, check back 15 minutes. Maybe we'll get to the episode at that point. Maybe you check back in 30 minutes or you listen to what Mackie and I are going to talk about right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll stop doing that after a while when I gain the confidence to understand that you guys actually want to hear about how we are doing and not just learn information from the amazing guests that we have on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. We're actually going to do some solo or duo podcast upcoming too. So the whole thing will be us. I'm scared. You're not going to be able to <laughs> allow them to fast forward in those. No, no. I, I, what do you mean? They, I could be like, yeah, I'm just fast forward this bullshit just, that I'm talking just skip about. this entire episode. Move yeah, on. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So we're recording this out of a beautiful Airbnb in Aptos, California. Our second Airbnb in Aptos. We love this area so much that we wanted to get another Airbnb here. And mind you, we only had one Airbnb booked when we came to California. So we've been piecing it all together throughout the trip. So um, we have a few days left here and then we'll be back in Philly and uh, we'll start facing the music of like where we're going to move, ideally in May, which is when our lease is up. Yeah, it's coming. The pressure is on the in a way that on. hasn't felt great um, this last week. I've been going through and we've been going through like emotional ups and downs on this trip because this is, wasn't like a vacation. We didn't just come here like vacation. We came here because we were really interested in the potential of moving here. And it has been really eye-opening to see just how your mindset can shift from not only day to day, but hour to hour. Hour to hour, minute to minute, you just you just never know like the the roller coaster that you you're going to be going through in in the uh, the emotional space. That's the monkey brain, man. It's like one minute you're you're like living into the po into possibility and like yeah, oh my god, we could so live here. We'll find a house. We will definitely figure it out. Okay, uh, work wise, no, we'll build our coaching practice enough that like we'll be making great living here and uh, we can really like see the future, our future here. And then an hour later, after I've looked on Zillow and seen like the 30 properties that exist on Zillow, not that many in the area that we're looking at, 
and the pricing of the, those properties, it's like all of a sudden, so discouraged, not possible. We're not wealthy enough. Screw it. We're just going to Florida. We aren't good enough. Uh, we'll never amount to anything. Like it pretty much just spirals from there. And this is what happens to so many of us when uh, we allow our mind to take the wheel rather than our dreams. And I think that there's a way to fuse the two together, the heart and the mind, in that you're following your heart and you're also being realistic. Sometimes that can really get in the way, though, if you are you're saying to yourself, like, I'm just being realistic. And it's like, are you being realistic or are you being really stubborn and um, like holding yourself back and getting in your own way? Realistic or pessimistic, as I like to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um I'm ne- definitely, I am not a pessimistic person. I am an optimist. I see possibility in so many things, but this trip and um, has definitely felt discouraging. I have been also thinking a lot about the last 10 years of my life and how I got to where I am. Because when you make a big life shift and you're going to move or you change careers, you have a lot of reflection. Um, unless you're just going right into the next thing, which I did not want to do in terms of like, just get another job or, you know, I'm trying to build something for myself. I want to work for myself. Uh, I want to have different endeavors. Like I, I think I talked about that on the last show that I really, I like variety in my work. You know, the healing space is where it's at for me. Fitness, wellness, nutrition, energy healing, all of it. I think that they all intertwine and connect to one another to support people in feeling amazing, feeling really connected to themselves, to others, to the world, you know, to the divine. I think that um, one of those areas can't be neglected. They all have to be addressed. I've been reading a lot about uh, the eight limbs of yoga And it's so funny, like when you read this text from thousands of years ago and you just see like how applicable and relevant it is to just everyday life. Yeah, it's shocking how relevant it remains thousands of years later. And, you know, I guess at the end of the day, we're humans, we're the same as humans are now. Yeah, we just have more stuff now and we've, you know, manifested more technology and uh, we've complicated a lot of things actually in terms of choice and how much choice we have that it to our detriment I think to our detriment what do you think about that too much choice yeah the paradox of choice you know if if you had the a multitude of choices you're never going to be as happy as if you had two choices so if you had choice a and b or if you had choices a through L, you, you'd, you'd be much happier with A or B because those are your options. You're never going to, you're not going to be second guessing. You're not going to be thinking like, what if I only chose C yeah. or only if I chose D? You know, um, there's a great TED talk about that, the paradox of choice. Yeah. And uh, the way I see it is, so we have all this choice now, right? We don't have A and B anymore. We have A through Z now. Um, so you just have to trust that whatever choice you make, that's the right one. I'll say it again, that there are no accidents, right? And um, the life is happening for me, not to me, right? 
So if you choose B, B was the choice that is uh, what you are supposed to be living into in this moment. Maybe it sucks. Maybe that choice fucking sucks. But there are lessons to learn from that choice. And then that will lead you to whatever that next thing is. And that trust is one of the hardest things for people. Because again, living not necessarily in the heart space, but living in the head space can drive you insane. And so looking at you know, the 30 Zillow options, but then it doesn't stop there for me. I then look at like, okay, what about five miles away? What about 10 miles away? And then it's like, no, what about Boulder, Colorado? Oh, no, but snow. Okay, what about Florida? Oh, but it feels commercial, too superficial. Okay, what about a place I've never been to before? Let's Google. Okay, most uh, beautiful weather places with trees, uh, new age people. Like, what the fuck am I actually doing? Then I realized that I have spent hours on my phone, not even present to the beauty of Aptos, California that we are in. It's just been such an interesting um, magnifier for me to see how much growth there is for, for me and for all my clients, it's been, you know, for me, I have to experience it. I have to experience the monkey mind. I have to experience all the fucking feelings, all the shit. And then I can better articulate it and get it and understand it when I'm talking to my friends or when I'm talking to anyone. And it's just like, um, it can be very torturous and it can be so discouraging. It could just make you feel like, well, fuck it. It all just sucks. And then I get to that place. I'm like, oh my God, that's so terrible. Why are you talking to yourself like that? That's, you know, it's such a low vibrational way of just thinking about things and seeing yourself. And, and then it's like, okay, what do we need? What does little Juliet need? You know, what is your, where, where are you so scared? Where's fear living inside you? It's this fear of not having enough, not being enough to have enough at the end of the day. Am I not enough to have the dream, to have what I want? And do I have to do it in a way that compromises my integrity? Do I have to have a job, for example, where I am answering to someone? Am I not going to be able to have a thriving coaching practice on my own? Because uh, that, that is not a guarantee. And it, it takes work. And there's no, uh, there's no like, yes, that's going to happen. Like there is no magic crystal ball I could look into that says you're doing it. And in six months from now, you're going to laugh at how you're feeling because it's going to be so incredible. I don't know that. Nobody knows that. No psychic can really even tell you something like that. Yeah. It only can come from yourself. And what can come from myself though? To know that I'm going to be successful. Well, it's just... There's, it has to come from a place of, if you, if you can dream it, you can do it. I don't know about that, Mackie. Right? In the way of. That's the optimist to me. Well, in the way of, if I want to be a famous singer, you think I can just dream about being a famous singer and then I'm going to do it and be a famous singer? No, I think there's, um, you know, there's obviously limitations, but if. What, like my voice sucks? <laughs> no, you've great, great voice. But um, no, I, I mean, I think like obviously if, if I wanted to be an NBA player, it's not going to happen. 
But there's ways that I can live into if I was really passionate about basketball, I could in some way be a part of the NBA in some fashion. Yeah, we were talking about this idea earlier about your dream having to match your reality in some way. So like the the idea of us moving to an insane property, like the one we're staying on right now, like in May, that we would just all of a sudden be staying on a multi-million dollar property doesn't really match the reality that we have had in terms of what rents we've been paying for the last 10 years and how much money we actually make. And uh, just like what we're accustomed to, it would be so like happenstance if all of a sudden someone was like, I've gifted you my multi-million dollar property. It's like, we don't know anyone who could yeah. gift us that. No one's going to die anytime soon and, and like give us some inheritance that we didn't know about. Like, so you would have to be realistic with your dreams, but at the same time, relentless with the big picture. And I think that's where people get kind of stuck because we are in a very instant gratification culture and uh, we are scared of doing the work because the work can feel arduous and it can also just feel exhausting and tiring depending on how you look at it. But I think that's sort of where mindset shifts can be huge when you know what you're working towards and you can find ways to bring balance into your life in terms of taking care of your wellness uh, while you are fighting really hard and going after your dreams. And before we launch this episode with Sarah, I want to tell you a story about Peter. Peter is uh, the man who owns this property that we are renting out the guest house <laughs> it's the guest house anytime um, there's a guest house involved you know they live in the house next to the guest house which is freaking gorgeous they have like four decks on this property they have an ocean view and a mountain view they have a vineyard they have a pool house guys that has like um it's indoor outdoors. So it's like skylights with glass and then like a, a deck that you can go out on. But the pool and the hot tub are enclosed and there's a sauna. It's like legit. Like if we were staying in like P. Diddy's crib or something. Like what I, imagine, <laughs> I love that you picked P. Diddy. I don't know. Is that even his name anymore? I don't know. Sean Combs? Yeah, that's he his, might have gone back his, to his, his birth name. We'll back. just stick with that for now. <laughs> but I really am like, wow, this is like what a celebrity have. But, you know, Peter is 79 years old. Peter told me about how important health and fitness is to him. He started CrossFit at 71. He's a chiropractor and he's always known how important it is to keep your body moving. And he's seen it just firsthand in terms of his ability to have mobility and to be like healthy and fit. At 79, uh, he goes across for like every other day. And he was so excited when he heard that Mackie and I loved fitness. And he was just talking all about his like personal bests and his the wad that they did. It was the cutest thing ever. He's yeah. so into it. Yeah. And, and Judy, his wife, is also she goes out mountain biking every day. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And he's still a chiropractor. He still has a practice. He sees about, he has about 10 to 15 hours a week that he works and he's loving his life. He's making wine. I was just sipping on some of the Pinot Noir that they make. They left us a bottle in the guest house. Um, it's just such a nice guy. And here's, here's where it gets pretty incredible. 
So it's been a pretty tumultuous trip emotionally for me. I have kind of tortured myself. Like I was talking about, you know, the Zillow situation is just giving you a glimpse into how I was feeling, but I was really feeling kind of like a piece of shit. Like I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know, that I uh, just lack confidence in myself. And yet at the same time, my higher self is like, that is ridiculous. You are so incredible. And it's like we have this friend, right? And they talk to us all the time, which is funny. I didn't tell you, Mackie, but Peter, Peter was talking about that friend. He calls it a friend, the person that talks to you nice. in your own head, right? There's like two of you. Um, but today, Sometimes the friend is not very nice. That's not the friend. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, the friend should be the loving friend. That's the higher self. Uh, but today, I decided to surrender. I, I think it's because we decided we're not going to live here. We were like, all right, you know what? It's not our time. This place is just too expensive. The taxes. Um, the lack of availability of available properties. Yep. Uh, just the sense we were getting that it might not be the right time. And that's the reality. And so I just surrendered. I was like, all right, well, I guess Florida or Colorado, <laughs> which we have no idea still. But it just felt like, okay, there are other options. And what Mackie was like, listen, wherever we move, it's going to be an upgrade because we're not going to be in a city anymore. We're not going to be in our apartment. Exactly. And uh, with that surrender today, I was able to just be more present and... I'm going to use the, the word again, not torture myself. We ended up going on this incredible trail run and my body felt really good. We ran 10 miles. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but when you're out on these trails, the terrain is so soft and cushy and nice. And it's just so fun. It's like you're just running around in the woods, at least for us. That Beautiful scenery. There's yeah. things, there's uh, nature, there's shade. The effort that it takes me to run on a treadmill like three miles is the effort that it took to run 10 miles outside because that's how enjoyable it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it, it, the, the mental effort. Mental effort, exactly. Yeah. It's so much mental effort to like run on a treadmill. Physically, there's more effort <laughs> to run outside for 10 miles, but mentally, it, it feels the same. But I just had such a great run today, and when we got back, I decided I was going to read my, a book on one of the back porches. And that's when... Peter came up in his little like four-wheeler vehicle. He was riding around the property, checking on, I guess he has more rental properties somewhere around there. And he just decided to tell me his life story, guys. And basically told me that at my age, he had $600 in the bank. And uh, he had just started his chiropractic practice. And he wanted to buy a property in Southern California. And didn't have the money. But he had this idea to buy this land. He asked the guy how much the land was. And the guy said, it's $25,000. And Peter said, well, I don't have $25,000. And the guy said, you know what? If you give me $7,500, we can make a deal in that um, I'll be like the majority owner for X amount of years until you pay you me can, back. It's like a lease to own yeah, type of situation. Yeah, to own. And Peter goes, well, I don't have $7,500 but I'm going to go try to get it. So he goes to a bank 
It's funny. He said, I went to Bank of America. It was just funny to hear about Bank of America. Look at the 70s. I'm like, that's my bank. (laughs) (laughs) And he asks Bank of America for a $10,000 loan. And they deny him. And he said, you know, rather than to get discouraged and lose confidence and faith, I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the next bank. And this time when he went to the next bank, he asked the teller or whoever was, you know, what is the name for not a teller? The person who actually gives you the loans. Is that a teller still? I don't no, know. No, it's not a teller. Okay, it's not a teller. He asked the person at the <laughs> bank, what kind of loans do you give people? And he said, we give property loans, this, that. We give uh, business expansion. expansion loans. And then Peter goes, yes, yes, yes. That is the loan that I am trying I the to get. I need the loan. business expansion loan. And the man says, you know what? I have the authority to do that. I can give you a $10,000 loan. You just have to have an account with us. And then within 15 minutes, he made an account and got this loan and owned his first piece of land in which he built off an office building, which I believe is where he had a chiropractic practice and had rentals, just kind of like the start. From there, they fell in love with this area of Santa Cruz just fell in love with the ocean views, the mountains, the weather. I mean, it's pretty insane that end of February, we're running 10 miles in 60 degree weather. Shorts and a t-shirt. It's just so, and it's so comfortable. It's just amazing. I love crisp air too. So in the morning it's crisp, at night it's crisp, and then it's sun in the day. Ah, it's so good here. Okay. So that's why he loved it. And comes out here. And at that point, he was a little, he was, he had established himself in the way of, from that starting point, must have had, you know, more funds, wanted to buy land here and wanted to build a house here. And he said to his wife, I am going to build us our dream home. Whatever we want, we can have because I'm going to make it happen. That's just the energy that this guy has. He's basically said, if there is a will, there is a way. And he ended up driving around this area. He said he was driving around for like hours a week. Even in the 80s, this area was similar to now where it, it was already popular. It was already expensive. So he's driving around hours a week, just scoping out land. Like, where would my perfect house be? And he comes up on this property. And he's like, oh, I love that property. I just love that land. And... um. He just happens to be talking to this contractor who works on these apple orchards. And he was saying, oh, I'm looking to buy land. And there's this beautiful piece of land up on Coyote Ridge. And uh, the, app, the uh, contractor on the apple orchard goes, yeah, I own that land. I'll sell it to you for $250,000. Wow. Just complete serendipity. And that's the word that Peter used. And he basically just for, you know, 45 minutes tells me his story about how he started from nothing to building everything here from the ground up. His vision, the vineyard, the pool house, the, like, the whole entire house, this guest house, like everything unfolded over the years. His dream and what he was telling me without me even prompting him or asking him for any advice was where there's a will, there's a way. Be relentless with your dream and know that you can get anything you want. 
if you're going to do the work to get there and you're going to have the confidence in yourself. I teach my kids, he says, to have confidence in their abilities to go out there and conquer life. And yes, there are terrible things happening in the world, the pandemic. There have been terrible things happening throughout history. Um, and that is not, not, is not the stop sign for you to stop dreaming and to stop trying. And you know, a stop sign for us might not be these Zillow properties that I'm looking at. We don't know what could pop up. We don't know who we can meet. And at the same time, I am detaching from the outcome because that is when real magic can happen. I believe when you can surrender like I did today showed me that some magic can happen. So random that Peter just came up to me and just told me this story. And it was, it was just so motivating. It was just so inspiring. Yeah. Love this guy. <laughs> I'm like, you're the old sage. We should have I him on as a guest <laughs> while we're here. Yeah. So I leave you guys with that story because I think it's so incredible. And uh, I needed that today. I needed that in that moment. And um, I'm not going to let it confuse me in that, oh, it's a sign. This is where we're supposed to be. If we're supposed to be here, we will figure it out. It'll happen. And again, you got to just make decisions and go with your, your gut and your decisions. You can think your way out of any choice, right? So just make the choice and then do the things to accomplish what choice you chose. Make the choice and then send it. That's right. All in. Go all in. All right. Here's our conversation with my, one of my oldest and dearest friends, Sarah Landau. And actually, before we get to that, if this conversation really resonates with you or any of our podcast episodes resonate with you and you're so inclined, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also feel free to share this episode. There's that little up arrow, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're at. Share this episode or whatever episode that you really resonate with with somebody who could really hear this messaging right now. I believe, and of course I'm biased, that these are some really amazing episodes, really great information, but more so than just the information, it's, it's a feeling and it's inspiration. It's whatever real you want to get real from talk. it. Real talk, authentic, real talk. Yeah. And um, I think there needs to be more of that. So if you if if you're so inclined, please share it with with somebody could who would uh, benefit from it. Yeah, and also you can always shoot us messages on Instagram, or you can email me Juliet at rootedpower.com or Mackie at rootedpower.com, and uh, let us know how you're doing in your life, and uh, if there's any way we can support you, or if you have any questions about some of the woo stuff that we've been talking about. And if you have any requests for certain kinds of healing modalities or concepts that you want to get into, there's so much out there when it comes to like biohacking and working on your brain and your body and your overall energy and your health and your, you know, your spirit. So let us know about that. All right, guys, enjoy. We will be back soon. All right, here we go. I have. Have a good show. <laughs>
<laughs> Jesus, Mackie. All right. <laughs> See, Mackie's leaving me on my own, everyone, and I'm going to attempt to start this show. All right, here we go. I have the beautiful goddess Sarah Landau coming from Reno, Nevada. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, that's how you can tell that you've never lived here because you say Nevada. I don't you have fucking to say know. Nevada. Is it Nevada? <laughs> I got made fun of for so long because I said Nevada. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, it was like that when I went to San Francisco because you're not supposed to say San Fran. <laughs> yeah, that's how they know that you are not there. Like, no, we don't like that. Like, okay, right? I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah, every every place has got its little thing that you're like from the outside. You're like, but why? <laughs> Well, before I moved to Philly, I used to spell Philly P-H-I-L-L-I. So I now I know <laughs> that is not correct. Yeah. And uh, I still have not adopted uh, to say Wooter instead of water. I will continue to say water. <laughs> I will not. I will not say Wooter. So okay. <laughs> well. if that happens to me, please. Uh, then you need to move. Yeah. Well, I am moving. <laughs> so that's the exciting part. So but. Thanks for coming on. This is really exciting. Yeah. I'm so stoked to talk to you. It's nice to chat with you after so long. I know. So to give um, our listeners background, Sarah is one of my oldest friends. We have known each other since I was 11, I say, when I moved upstate and I was in the sixth grade. And then we became fast friends. And I think like seventh grade when we were like 12, I think yeah, we had like home ec or something together. Something. <laughs> yeah. And then we were pretty much inseparable from that point on. <laughs> Why do you think that? I tried, I, you know, I find it interesting, like souls that connect with each other. And I'm, I'm really convinced that this is just a belief that I have that pretty much everyone that I have a close relationship with, I made a contract with to like have a relationship yeah. with. Yeah. For sure. I, I feel that. I mean, from an astrological perspective, I don't, I, I don't know a lot about your chart, but I remember you telling me at one point that you're a double Scorpio. So Virgo sun, Scorpio rising, Scorpio moon. You got it right. Um, so I have the south node of the moon in Virgo, which is like the south node can be like a place where you just tend to feel a little bit more comfortable, like you have a more familiarity in that place. And then I have a Scorpio moon also. So I have found my deepest connections with people who share Scorpio moon. Like yeah. people that just feel super comfy, like really instant connections. Yeah. People who want to go deep, deep into those, uh -huh. those subconscious waters. Let's analyze yeah. our deepest, darkest wounds. <laughs> that sounds yes. fun. Yes. And those are the people that we love until they're extremely uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to be able to censor yourself sometimes when uh -huh. you, when you know, you're like, yeah. okay, maybe wrong time, wrong place. Someone's not yes. ready for that. Like. There are questions that I really want to ask, but this is not the time. <laughs> yeah, not when we're at the Olive Garden. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just want the breadsticks. We're going to need more breadsticks for that situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing Sarah and I have always uh, bonded on. We just have like really funny like 12 year old humor when we get together which <laughs> it's just a very natural thing and I don't have that with a lot of people so I just appreciate that we can pick up where we left off you know back when I had hot pink hair and you had a blue mohawk which by the way <laughs> yeah, was what we looked times. like when we were in seventh and eighth grade we were kind of freaks in that way <laughs> we were young punks 
we or were, at least we thought that we were. There were like so. no punks where we grew up. That's the thing that's <laughs> funny, you know, like in, you know, the Hudson Valley, New York, there really wasn't like a punk scene. Like if maybe if we were like in New York, in the village, like there's real punks, but we yeah. just like tried to emulate those punks. <laughs> yeah, And exactly. we went to a very, I would say that Rondo was a small school, right? Oh, yeah. For the area, I think, you know, it was kind of a mid-sized school, but definitely smaller than a lot of other ones. Yeah. So both of us growing up in the Hudson Valley and then kind of losing touch over the years because that's just what happens when you go off and do your thing. And I, you know, I moved away when I was 16 after my dad died. You kind of always wanted to get the fuck out of there from what I remember. Yes, that (laughs) is correct. And you did. Um, and I, I just find it really interesting that we both kind of like are realigning in this space of wellness and woo. I'm just going to use that as like a, you know, a placeholder, you know, (laughs) Mm. and one thing that we kind of had a similar trajectory on was really being into like a holistic health and wellness and like alternative healing over the years, Mm -hmm. specifically through like how we ate. You were like a pioneer in that and we're doing that before like anyone. And it's just so interesting. I would love to just know, you know, to pick your brain, you know, when you are in high school and you're like, I'm, you know, you're vegan and you're like, I'm into all this like health food. That was not something that most kids would be like, you know, this is my path. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so it's actually um, I have to give a shout out right now because I've so many years I've thought about like the root of all of this and so corbin neuhauser oh uh was vegetarian when we hung out back in the day and i was like oh i i want to try that you know and so i did and that was kind of like the first i mean i've always been for some reason just super attracted to like health food more so than what my parents had around um Whenever I'd go to someone else's house and they had like, you know, the natural brand of something, I was like, oh, that's so much better, you know, for some reason, like it just always was more appealing. See, that was but, me going to your then, house. Right. I remember I your and mom in, having like green and black's dark chocolate. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. This isn't yeah, Hershey's. Exactly. Exactly. That sort of thing. And like, you know, the High Falls Food Co-op, I'd always go in there and be like, this is it feels like home. Like I want to I want to only buy things here. Just for no apparent reason. But yeah, I I started the whole vegetarian journey when um, I guess probably like I was 15. And then from there ended up getting really into like the whole activism side of, you know, eating more of a plant based diet and the effects that that has for, you know, all beings and the environment and so on. And then I was vegan for like 12 years. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And how did, how did you feel being, you know, vegan or vegetarian, you know, when so many people around you weren't, you know, you were not want to say an outsider, but it definitely was like when we would go out with Sarah, it was like, you know, veggie burger and supplements. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, it's even weirder now. It gets even weirder. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like 15 supplements. And then our friends would be like, I'll take a burger and fries, you know, and a Coke. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was definitely like at that time I was, I was not against eating a a whole plate full of French fries and a cup of coffee as a meal, but uh, you know, no meat, but, um, 
Yeah, really, really interesting. I and because I then like I I found this love for gardening and growing things and you know being able to make everything myself and becoming a vegan chef and and that's kind of like that's been a whole journey too because I've always been super interested in food and cooking and just your parents cooked a lot I remember they did they did they cooked a lot and and I to touch on like how I felt eating that way it just it just made me really independent you know I had to my mom was always feeding me things that she was like, oh, this is vegetarian. And then like later she'd be like, oh, wait, that had chicken stock in it. <laughs> like, thanks, mom. mom. <laughs> How could you do this to me? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can relate in that way just from, you know, being with my family and and, you know, my dad ate a lot of junk food. And yeah, when I was probably 14 or 15, I just was got into eating healthier food. and. Mm-hmm. Some of it was from a disordered place because I was really fearful of gaining weight and kind of ending up like my dad and that side of the family. So, but also I just always had a curiosity of just like, oh, like what vegetable, what are vegetables, you know, like what are these healthier (laughs) foods? And um, it made me also independent in that way that I ate differently than my family. And even though I've never been vegetarian um, or vegan. Well, that's not true. I was vegan for one year. I, I experimented with it um, mm-hmm. when I was in my early 20s. But when I was young, I never experimented with cutting meat out. But at the same time, like lots of veggies and salads and just eating like more real foods instead yeah. of like fast food, mm-hmm. which my family, you know, would definitely eat more often than not. And so that was another kind of point where we are similar. I just find, find I've just been just thinking about, you know, Although we have so many differences, it is nice to come together after all these years being in our 30s now and just realize how our, you know, you're in doing energy healing. I'm getting into energy healing. Mm-hmm. You know, I love astrology. I'm doing, I have a coaching practice. I'm like, what is happening here that we, you know, yeah. and then we haven't hung out for so many years. So mm-hmm. it's just really beautiful. I just want to acknowledge that. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I talked to Caitlin a lot. Our friend Caitlin Connolly is another amazing healer. Um, and she she was like mentioning something about starting a retreat center. And she was like, you know, between you, me and Juliet, we're like a full wellness center. Well, basically, <laughs> that is like I don't actually have a formal vision board. But if I had a vision board, that is on there. Like I. Yeah. For me too. I would love to have a center, a place where people yep. could rejuvenate. Revive has been a name that I've like thought of. It would be called mm-hmm. Revive, you know, for people to like just go and be able to experience some of these healing practices. Yeah. Whether they come back over and over again because it's just such a like a healing space, or they're just being introduced to the to things. That is definitely something I see in my future and Mackie actually had a psychic reading many years ago and the the psychic told him that he would have a retreat in the Catskills whoa in 17 years so we're not there yet but that would mean like <laughs> that would mean like in the next 10 like 10 years it would happen which interesting i could see how that could totally happen so yeah yeah, yeah. um 
That's awesome. Let's do that for sure. <laughs> That's something that I had actually like, even just last year, I was like, I'm going to buy a property out here in California and Plumas County and start my start like a wellness retreat area that is like part. Um, I don't really want to call it glamping because I don't like using that word in a serious context, but like, <laughs> you know, having like some outbuildings, like some yurts and some domes where people can stay and then an outdoor like bathing area with tubs and showers and an outdoor kitchen and a whole organic farm for educational I'm purposes. I'm squirming in my chair right now, guys, because this is literally <laughs> what I think about. I want to have yurts, like really yes, nice yurts. I love yurts. <laughs> yeah. Is I have stayed in two. I was saying I've stayed in many of them. I've only stayed in two. One I stayed in. Was That's at, more than a lot of yeah. people, I'm sure. One um, in Big Sur. And it, it's, it's a it's called uh, Tree Bones Resort. So if anybody is looking to stay in a yurt in mm. Big Sur, Tree Bones Resort. It's all yurts. Really wow. cool. I um, love it there. No, uh, run. there's no bathroom in the yurt, which, you mm -hmm. know, was fine, except for I was really cold and I peed in the sink. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was my, I had that, my, that was a memory. I was like, Mackie, just turn around. I know we're married and I love you so much and you've seen it all, but this is just like a very unflattering angle. Me like squatting over a sink on this. Oh, on. So I told, I was just like, just turn around. Um, so, and then the other one was actually, if anybody is, wants to go to upstate New York, Garden Gardner, there's mm -hmm. this really lovely couple that puts their these they have two yurts. They put them on Airbnb and it's called Frog's Hollow Farm. And they are insanely beautiful yurts with mm. bathrooms and bathtubs in them, like full on. Damn. Glamping. That yeah. sounds really nice. And you're just in the middle of a like a field with trees all around you. And they, there's like a fire pit in front of it and a beautiful like it's on a beautiful platform like a deck you can do yoga so we've stayed there now twice and mm -hmm. it's always booked up because i i think i've probably like 10 people have booked since i because i told i shouted <laughs> it from the rooftops to people and the price is really good but that to me would be what i envision like yurts like that where it is it is mm -hmm. glamping it's mm -hmm. you know there's a toilet in there but you can stay in there with a friend and there's like in my mind, like 15 to 25 of them on this big property. And yeah. you can, and people could rent out the whole thing if they want to host like a big retreat. And you're just kind of like, you can just be there to witness and learn from other people that come or, and you can do your own things there too. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, totally on the same page with that. I would love to have that life. Let's go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Let's just get millions of dollars first to be able to build all those. Yeah. Up. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> if anybody's listening and they would like to fund this project. <laughs> you please. can reach us at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm curious just more on your like woo woo trajectory, right? Like when we were kids, I don't remember if you had any like religion in your household, Did your parents come from it like and. Did they have any religious so, practices? My mom, um, my parents, I guess they were both kind of like, not necessarily proclaimed atheists, but they came from religious families um, and didn't have any strong inclination towards them themselves. Uh, but my mom really loved 
celebrating holidays. So, you know, even even I honestly like I couldn't really tell you what the religious background of my mom's family is. It's something sort of Catholic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we'd celebrate e- Easter and Christmas and all of that stuff. But then on my father's side, they're all Jewish. My dad's parents, not religious people, but his grandparents were. And so he got bar mitzvahed. And like my mom was just always about celebrating all of the holidays. So we do Passover and we do Hanukkah, not all of the holidays, but like the big ones. Um, so I didn't have a, a huge exposure in my family to that, but I always sought it out. Um, my, my mom's sister married an Indian man. Um, I believe they are not, they don't practice any sort of, uh, Indian traditional religion, but, um, I, that culture has always really spoken to me as a young child. So I was fascinated by Hinduism and Buddhism even. And I, I went to church, even though my family didn't go to church because I was just you know, you enter into these sacred spaces and you just feel something. You went to church There's, by yourself when you were younger? I had friends that went to church that oh. I would go with. And <laughs> looking back, I'm like, that's super weird. But like, I just really wanted to be there. Yeah, you're curious. Because, yeah. And I really I recognize now that I was just attracted to this essence of something that I you can touch when you go into these sacred places. Um, and so my, my real discovery of spirituality as I kind of know it now, it happened over a long period of time, but I was into astrology, just like kind of playing around with it from a very young age. And then when I moved to Washington, when I was 20, I met an astrologer who I have since like we're friends and I've taken classes from him. He's an evolutionary astrologer, but I ran into him at the farmer's market. Never met the guy before. He was doing by donation astrology readings. I happen to know all of my information off the top of my head. So he gave me my first reading and then I had gotten a couple of readings from him since one of them, he asked me, if I had ever considered becoming a healer and I was like, what does that even mean? I think at that point I might've been like 22. You're like, you mean like Jesus? Like, (laughs) I don't like how though, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I had been living in Washington and then I moved back to New York and had this like whole weird, like transitional experience of, kind of doing the research of like, what is spirituality? Because I didn't have any context for it really. And I, I don't know about like the term spiritual awakening. I mean, that's definitely a thing that happens, but I, I prefer to use different language for my own experience. And it just was like, a, I, I'm still in it, you know, I'm, it's just a, a process of kind of, I don't know, I guess like realigning with a part of myself. Um, And I started when I was, I guess I was 26, 27, maybe. It was when I started learning Reiki. 
Um, and then that kind of like blew everything wide open. Had you had experiences where you were seeing a Reiki practitioner or receiving it on yourself? Here's the crazy part. And this, I feel like this is always how things happen for me. So I didn't know any, I didn't even know what Reiki was. I had no idea. Someone called it Reiki the other day and it made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, you know, it's like, oh, Reiki. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's well, like, I, I mean, mean like, I called quinoa quinoa when I was young. You don't know. And you know I mean? No, it doesn't matter. No. I just was like, it sounds yeah. funny. Reiki. <laughs> exactly. No, it's cute. Um, but like I, so I was working as a vegan, uh, the chef of a vegan food truck at the time and our photographer who is like someone in the community who's pretty well known is a Reiki master. And at the time he had never taught anyone, but he was talking about it. And I was like, well, I've been thinking about getting into the quote unquote healing arts for a while now. So let's do it. I don't know what this is, but let's do it. Just and jump right it, in. Yeah. Just fucking feet first. Like, let's do this. And that was a very, very interesting experience. Um, that kind of coincided with actually the onset of some more serious symptoms of a chronic illness that I've been dealing with for the past six years. And so it's just interesting the way things line up like that. And um, since I have, I've done a lot of different types of energy work. Reiki was kind of, I like to call it just a tool in the toolkit. Um, and it's, Reiki is a, a practice that actually you have to go through a ceremony that essentially tunes you into a different frequency of energy that you're able to uh, channel. And so that is, that's kind of like the, the container that all of the other energetic stuff that I do is in, but ever like I, the more I practice, the more it becomes its own thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool because everyone who does Reiki, they have their own style and it's like, and it might know, not even be called Reiki is the thing. Exactly. I mean, I exactly. had, um, when I was in Sedona, I had the most magical channeled massage, which is basically, it was, it was Reiki. And if you, you know, if mm -hmm. you think about it was hands-on healing and, and mm -hmm. touching different parts of my body, mostly different, the chakras. And just addressing what was happening in those places. But also for her, she was able to tune into any guides, angels that mm -hmm. wanted to come through. She, we were working with different crystals to help mm -hmm. bring things like yeah. forth. And so she wasn't calling it a Reiki massage. Mm -hmm. She was just, for her, a, it was a channeled massage. There wasn't even any massage. I didn't get any massage, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. It was a really beautiful experience. And I went back. I went twice because it was so magical the first time that we both agreed that I needed to go again, like the following day to do more. Wow. Because it was like really like unraveling something for myself that I mm -hmm. needed to. And yeah. Sedona has like real deal uh -huh. energy. Yeah. So you can do a lot of work when you're just there. Because it sort of just like attunes you in a way that is different totally. than like if I were to get that done in Philly. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. It's like that there's a whole different um, there's a different resonance there than in other places. Yeah. And if you ask Max Friedstein, who we had on the podcast, 
he is currently living there. And I met him at the Gateway Cottage, which is the wellness center I got the work done. And he mm-hmm. he kind of was just like told by source, like, you got to go to Sedona. So we just moved there and he's working there behind the desk and he's doing some he's doing some uh, also energy work there. But he was saying the reason why he's there and why a lot of people go there is because there are interdimensional portals that mm-hmm. exist there that basically are giving people a lot of downloads that mm-hmm. they need to receive. And yeah. then even if you go visit there and then, it's so crazy how many people I know have felt like they have to go there this year since the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. you can't really travel international or anything. A lot of people are, are going places all over the United States, but I was like, I, I need to go there. Just felt like I had to go there. Yeah. And then my business partner who also left Unite, we left at the same time. Oh. He also went there and we were like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to Sedona. And he's like, I'm going to Sedona. I'm like, what do you mean? You're going to Sedona. <laughs> I'm like, when are you going? He's like, this week. I'm like, I'm going the following week. I'm like, what the That's fuck? Funny. You know, like we both That's super funny. were totally just like channeling that energy of we need like a shift and a change. And he actually made the decision when he was there to like leave yeah. business. Um, and then I made it shortly, like right after I got back, which is just like really mm-hmm. interesting, you know? Yeah. But I have a question for you with, with, uh, energy healing and Reiki after you got your attunement, because I just got mine mm-hmm. and it, it's almost like, I don't want to say like, I have superpowers now, guys, I'm an <laughs> X-Men character. Like, it's not like that, but I do like weird stuff's happening. Like, I just feel yeah, like that's pretty normal. I, you know, like I also can feel energy in a way that I've never been so present to before, you know, in terms of like in my hands and my feet, like yep. all over my body, I can see it on other people, you know, and yeah. um, you feel extra sensitive. Yep. Just starting to open yourself up to this. And um, I basically like want to meditate every day because it's sort of like a, a way that it's like, okay, let's come down from some of sometimes yeah. like the real it's it can be intense it is so i was Absolutely. curious like how it was for you i'm just gonna call it superpowers like developing some <laughs> developing more of these superpowers <laughs> um so i yeah i had kind of a similar experience after my first attunement um which after i had the other two i feel like kind of either i i just got used to it or it leveled out a bit but yeah, after my first one, um, I was feeling like, you know, you're just so aware of it. And I could always feel it in my hands. Like, even if I just thought about Reiki, I was just transmitting. And I uh, I was so in love with it. And I I wanted, I, like every, you know, the the whole story about Reiki and how it's something that not just practitioners should be using, but we should all be using for ourselves. Like, I feel like that's very true. Um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to make a business out of Reiki, it's not usually in my experience, it's not the most lucrative thing, but I feel like the thing that's important is that we're using it for the benefit of ourselves as well as others. And so if you're interested in becoming a Reiki practitioner or a Reiki master, or even just like learning how to use Reiki, then coming at it from that perspective of this is a tool that I want to, to, um, 
bring depth to my own understanding of myself as well as how I relate to the world around me rather than, you know, again being there. Um, but yeah, and I found that I talk about this a lot on the show as I'm like stepping into more of a healing art profession mm-hmm. that um, I can get in my own way at the thought of like monetizing the work. And even when it comes to, you know, doing like transformational coaching with people. And I know that, you know, my time is valuable and I'm, I'm doing yeah. a lot of, you know, research and support and supporting people and, you mm-hmm. know, connection and accountability and all of that and all of that. But there is something when it comes to like the spiritual aspect of this and the healing aspect of this, that almost feels a little bit like, oh my God, I, I can't charge money for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Um, and I, 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 the, I think the most important thing that I learned, um, when I went to nutrition school is that no matter what you're doing, if you're, if you're having an, an exchange with someone else, you, there's a value to that because you have to, you have to account for the energy that you're putting out. Yeah. And, and the, I'm, you know, I've been working on my own relationship with money. I think that all of us have, you know, certain relationship and programming around money and abundance. Yep. And I've been working on it for myself in um, not having scarcity mentality when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And that's been a huge shift for me, taking a leap of faith in, you know, leaving my business and not having a salary anymore, you know, oh, yeah. certain that uh, certain things that I was very proud of being able to achieve after because I had before that was hustling and not didn't have any oh, yeah. of that for so many years. And then it's like, OK, well, then you're like, oh, I feel you know, get used to being supported right. in a certain way. But then I was like, I'm so bored, you know, like, let's just like, go back to <laughs> no, I mean, let's just go back to like, you know, living on the streets. No, not like that. But that um, does make things a little bit more exciting. <laughs> no, but the thing is, there is a there. I am personally looking for like more excitement in more in my life and more possibility. And. You know, talking about like. Awakening yourself or just being very aware. Things get exciting i have found personally when you start to like reclaim this spiritual side of yourself Ooh, yes you know like things get like yes like juicy and exciting uh-huh you know oh, absolutely like you yeah. see these synchronicities and you're like what the fuck like this is like even for me like yep i i keep seeing feathers on the street like bird feathers and like uh-huh. you know someone like you're just so crazy like you're just like creating you know you're just like making this up because human beings were meaning makers right but no, right. like it's, I don't care. I don't even care if people think that I'm making it up for me. It's an exciting part of my life right now to notice things like another feather, another feather, or to get yeah. gifts from, you know, random gifts. Um, I saw my mom for the first time in forever. And I played her one of our podcast episodes with Mayla Shea. And she was like, I love this woman. I want a reading from her. I was like, really you want a reading mom <laughs> i was like if you want a reading i'll get you a reading That's so funny <laughs> and she was like really resonating with the episode she's like i was abducted by aliens i was like wait what mom <laughs> you know <laughs> which i'm not surprised <laughs> i did know a story i do know this story from when she was young and in hawaii like she had missing time like there well we oh, won't wow. talk about that today but when she was 18 she has she does have a story that's a little bit like like well, how much drugs were you on mom but 
Yeah. It's like <laughs> <laughs> um questionable. However, <laughs> long story short, at the end of the night, she was like, I have to give you two gifts. I have these things. I just want to give them to you. And I was like, okay. And she gave me this amethyst that had been in mm-hmm. my family from my dad's aunt. So my aunt, interesting. which was really interesting. And then she gave me this female Buddha, Quan Yin. Now, mm. I had just listened to a podcast episode, which I hope we're going to get Jennifer Sardini on the show. But she was talking about this amazing journey she went on um, where she was climbing a mountain um, in, Bu- in Bhutan. And she didn't fin- finish the climb because someone got altitude sickness. She ended up taking care of this guy. But um, she, at the end of the trip, she was gifted by this person that she had helped the whole because he almost died. He had to be taken off the mountain. It was like really scary. Wow. And she stayed with him the whole time. He gifted her Quan Yin, this female Thai Buddha. Mm. And I just uh-huh. listened to this story and I'm like, I'm being gifted Quan Yin right now. Okay. Like this is, and then the synchronicity for her is that after she was gifted Quan Yin, she went somewhere where they were doing this like chanting meditation at this retreat that she had, I think she put together. And this, this woman was like chanting and was like, in a different language like what are you chanting she's like oh i'm chanting the prayer of kuan yin like mm. so random you know so those kinds of synchronicities to me are very yeah. interesting and it represents the divine feminine the mother which yeah. is what i'm all about right now is like getting into my feminine which yes i want to know about that for you because i feel like you and i both have from when we were young had very masculine energy yes absolutely absolutely um let's define it what let's define the masculine because i think sometimes people still don't get i'm not talking about like a man and a woman yeah it's so we're talking about the duality the duality of the the assertive versus the receptive the dark versus the light the hot versus the cold the yin versus the yang um and Yes, there are physical representations of that in the human body, but that's not necessarily what they're always related to because we each, everyone, whether you identify as male, female, or somewhere else on the spectrum, then you have both. Um, and I, I do, yes, I totally understand what you're saying about like how you and I have had like a much more like, assertive kind of like I I would even call it like boyish approach to like humor and like just the ways that we've conducted ourselves especially as like younger people um but I I mean I'll I'll go back to astrology here like I said I don't know a lot about your chart other than your uh universal significators but I have a lot of masculine energy in my chart um there my most of my planets are in masculine signs. Um, and I feel like there was definitely a part of me when I was really young that was like, I'm actually a boy, you know, like I had, and I think that that's that I want to, I want to normalize that too, because I'm not, I, I would say that I am a straight female at this point in my life, but I definitely wasn't always. And I always was like, I would like to be a boy for a while. I was like, uh, yeah. So that's something that 
I think that is not only fluid in general, but can be fluid over periods of time, like it flows in and out and time doesn't really time isn't linear anyway and it probably doesn't even exist so whatever but um <laughs> this is a, doesn't uh, exist right now right this is just a holographic projection exactly of our- <laughs> oh my god that is like a whole deep hole that i could just fall right into right now but i'm enjoying um, the thought of that just so you know <laughs> good, lately good. i'm really just like great so let's make what i want to make <laughs> dude i seriously like i always like even from a from a young age have thought about this like the whole like this isn't actually real like and then learning about how matter and perception really work and energy and it's just so funny like we have so much control over what we really do experience if we are able to like get on a certain wavelength um yeah get out and of I talked, like limiting beliefs basically yeah and get out of your story and your past and all of that because yeah. it's like you really get stuck and in a loop and hardwired sometimes but we're not really hard we're not hardwired that's the thing no we're very soft we're, we're so very fluid soft. yeah 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 we're malleable we're totally malleable and so is everything that's around us and our thoughts are honestly probably the thing that has most effect on what we experience in our lives yeah how has that um, been for you in terms of when did you start to shift your like your beliefs and some of the thoughts that maybe drove your personality when did you start to really play with that oh gosh i mean it's i started in high school but i had a recent kind of like a very recent revelation on that um you know for the longest time i've known that Yes, our thoughts do affect our experiences and the lives that we have. But, and I talked about this when I was on Steve's podcast last week, but I was always like, but how much, you know, like how much of a difference does it really make? And I never got to a point until recently that I was like, I'm going to throw it all in and just see, because at a certain point, like, you know, I mentioned before I have a chronic illness. I was like, I've tried fucking everything. And like, the only thing that I haven't tried is like really, really believing. I was going to say, you've tried everything external in terms of changing your diet, your lifestyle, but even different healing modalities. And, but the thing is, I, there was always something in my mind that was like, you are too damaged. There's something so wrong with you that it could never be better. It could never be you could ne- you're never going you're never allowed to feel good it's interesting you're talking about this you know because i've been going down a rabbit hole of watching all the uh dr joe dispenza testimonial videos which i encourage you to watch because it's very interesting okay, i don't even know who that is basically he he started off as a chiropractor many years ago but then he was like in, in neuroscientists, I could be botching that. I believe he was, but but they've been doing tons and tons of brain scans and research on the methodology that he uses, which is a really specific type of breathwork meditation and believing, like literally like a heart, re- like heart and brain resonance where you mm-hmm. can project yourself into the future of how you want to feel 
and mm. your you your body your brain actually doesn't know the difference between the future you and yeah. the current you so that's when you have you would create this resonance and if you watch these testimonials there are people who are curing themselves from cancer chronic autoimmune disease getting out of a wheelchair and walking like crazy shit yeah that's wild ptsd really bad ptsd like it gives me chills to think about that and it's the power of belief in their ability to heal mm -hmm. themselves yep so just something i've been going down that rabbit hole of joe dispense i've been doing one of the meditations pretty much every day and they're pretty profound that's awesome i have to read the books because he has one of them is i think like the power of belief another one is like something about you're like superhuman. I have, I, I'm going to order them. But, um, and then Gaia, which I had a free membership because my sister in law's mom had one, but then we just went on the <laughs> other day and we don't have it anymore. So I think they're not paying for it anymore. We might have to Aww. pay the $13. But Gaia has a whole like series of him and talking about all of this and the power of belief. Um, a lot of podcasts you could listen to, but I'm really into Joe Dispenza right now. Or anyone nice. out there that wants to like go down that rabbit hole with me. I'll have to check it out. So tell me more about this, you know, this idea of like, I'm too fucked up to heal. Like this is not going to happen for me. Well, you know, I think that goes back to, and I, I think that the word that we all like to use for this is trauma. And that's definitely a, a good word to tag onto it. Um, I think that that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And I think that a lot of people might have these experiences, but also not consider them to be traumatic experiences. Um, but, you know, anything that we go through in our lives that we have such a strong somatic response to that stays in our bodies, you know? And so, like, this happens from. This happens from like the moment that you're you're actually a being in your mother's womb. Um, so there's just a lot that goes into that. And I think that a lot of people have in one way or another the experience as a young child of feeling like they're they're wrong, like they are doing something wrong. And or that they are bad or that they are wrong. And, um, you know, sometimes like if you have a parent that's not super present, they might forget to feed you and then you forget to feed yourself and then your body stops asking for food like this is all related. And so, you know, if you think that you're bad. If you keep receiving that message in one way or another that you're bad then what, what does that tell your body? It's like, you're not allowed, like, you're not good. You're not allowed to feel good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And even until you can intellectualize this, uh, like, you know, it's like, you can intellectualize be like, oh, I know I'm not bad, you know, like, right, I'm not, right, a but I'm not, I don't murder people, but that's not what we're talking about here. Because even if you can intellectualize something in your body inside, yeah. Yes. And so that's, that's been a huge process for me because like I, I've, I've been, uh, 
being a big Scorpio energy here, like I dive really deeply into myself and my reflection and my own self work. And I always have. And that's not to say that I'm not still doing that. And it's not to say that I have gotten anywhere tremendous with it, but it has been a huge part of my life. And, you know, I always was like, why, why am I not better? Like I'm, I'm, I'm working on all of this stuff on a psychological level and even on a spiritual level. But sometimes you have to actually do body work in, in complement to that, to release those emotions and experiences from your tissues. Um, and I, I've been doing a lot of research on scar tissue and how that relates. Um, do you know who, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Gabor Mate is? No. So he talks about um, how trauma always is related to chronic illness. And it just, that's where chronic illness comes from when you have emotionally traumatic experiences. And that's like I said, like it could be a whole range of things. It could be like, you know, you, your, your mom forgot you at the grocery store. Yeah, it one doesn't, time for like it's, it doesn't have to be like, you know, you were sexually molested as a child, like an obvious. Exactly. exactly. Like you got in trouble because you stole candy once. <laughs> it could be anything, but it's still there. And, um, it's really interesting too, because I think that this is something that you see a lot. You see both all sorts of people dealing with this, but women especially deal with it. Chronic illness and hysteria. That's a big term that has been used in psychology for like hundreds of years. Hysteria. Um, that's, it's like traditionally a very, very much a woman's, uh, disorder if you women are very complex hormonally you know absolutely and i mean i was just thinking about this the other day like what we have like one nice month out of the one nice week out of the month thanks yeah right (laughs) there's one week where i'm like everything all all cylinders are firing (laughs) we're because it's like the feminine and the yin energy is very present in in biologically female people it's a receptive energy where we're actually taking everything in and moving it and transmuting it and like processing it. Um, the, the male energy is very directed. It's very outward, you know, and, and we are kind of the, the, the receiving end of that. Um, but uh, something else with these, the, the, how it gets settled in your tissues is that, You know, if you ask body workers, the difference between men and women generally when they work on them is a lot of people will say women hold things much more deeply, men hold things much more superficially. And so, you know, yes, we'll get some relaxation from a massage, but men oftentimes like they will see a lot more improvement in in their physical health than we will because we carry things so so deeply and so we will deal with a lot of things in our organs and in our deep tissues rather than in our musculoskeletal system yeah um I'm just thinking back when I was in my early 20s and I had a menorrhea, you know, which is where you mm-hmm. don't get a period. And it was about yeah. two years that I didn't get a period. And all signs would point to there, like, there's no reason for this to be happening in yeah. that I was young. I had, you know, I had a healthy amount of body fat. It wasn't, you know, 
they're like, well, I guess you're over-exercising, but not any more than any of my peers, you know? However, um, it was an emotional issue. I was right. stopping the, the flow. Yeah. Because I was in such a place of fear mm-hmm. and trying to control my safety at that part of that time of my life. And, yeah. uh, and it ended up going to acupuncture and sort of like working on the flow in my body and the meridians. Mm-hmm. And that was that helped to shift things for me. Um, but you know, had I taken the advice and I'm not, and this isn't, everyone's on their own journey. Just, I like to say that caveat, like if, you know, medication, I don't, I'm not black and white with this stuff. Like I think allopathic medicine, there's a time and a place for people, but for for me personally, I really didn't want to go on estrogen at like 22 years old. Yeah. (laughs) And I I was like, I'm going to try acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, let's try a more gentle alternative method before going to a little bit of a harsher method. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's something that I still deal with. Um, I've never really had a regular period, but I, I, and I, I can relate to that emotionally as well. And I think that a lot of that has to do for me with chronic illness. And it goes back to like all of those things that we were talking about before. Um, but yeah, stress it doesn't matter whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, it all affects your body and it can have the exact same effect on your body, no matter what form it comes in. Yeah. Going back to astrology, because you are an astrologist and this is the work that you do with people along with energy healing work and your own mishmash of whatever, which we all have, which I love, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like your own toolbox for like supporting people. The be the best best versions of themselves, whoever they want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Curious with the astrological chart because, you know, I have a very surface level knowledge of astrology for the most part. I'm sort of digging in deeper as we get more people on the podcast. We had Danielle Macario right. on. She, that's what she does for a living. She uh-huh. um, reads people's charts and actually she does a lot of things. She does tarot. She does, she does it all. You know, once you get into this, you just One start doing it all. Jack of all trade yeah. woos. Yes. <laughs> she, does, she does crystal. Like she just had this like crystal healing ceremony. Yeah. And um, she was in Savannah. Apparently there's this hotel in Savannah that has like ginormous crystals in a Marriott, like this crazy exhibit Whoa. of like amethyst, like seven feet tall, like and citrine. Like, so she did this whole like oh crystal God. activation workshop there. And was doing like energy healing, like Reiki out. That's cool. Um, So this idea that you have this chart, so you sort of have like a roadmap of -hmm. who you are and your Mm -hmm. life and things that you are here to experience. Mm -hmm. So was chronic illness in that roadmap for you? In a sense, yes. Um, You know, of course, I've looked over my chart like hundreds of times. And the more I learn, the more it makes sense to me. Um, So there are a few things that you look at when it comes to health, physical health and vitality. One is the first house. Um, That is the house of the native. So it has, you know, even more than the sun sign to do with who you actually are, how you look, the health of your body, your mind and your spirit. Um, You know, what, And a lot of people say it's like what you present to the world. And it is because it's who you are. 
Um, and then we also look to the sixth house, which is uh, so in traditional astrology, there are certain houses that and when I say houses for anyone who doesn't understand uh, it's like what Monopoly. we're talking about, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like it kind of is. It's like a little like game board. So mm-hmm. you have like 12 different sections which represent the first is yourself and then the rest represent other areas of your life. And the sixth house has a lot to do with um, kind of like service and work that we do. Um, it can also it can be a place where we feel like the the things that we're doing are they kind of drag on and we don't get what we like a fair return on them in a sense. So it can be also a house related to slavery um, that is a darker image, but some of them are very dark. And that's just the reality of life. Um, So I said earlier that I have the south node of the moon in Virgo. Um, I have Aries on the first house. So Virgo is in my sixth house. And so the the south node, while it is uh, where it's located in your chart, could be something that you feel familiar with. It can also be a place where there there's an escape happening and it can be that you are escaping from this or you escaping into this. And I think that it oftentimes it's both. Um, the, the sixth house can be related to chronic illness, um, of the physical body. And then it's opposite. The 12th house is related more to the mind. Um, so mental health, but I having the nodes of the moon on this axis to me really speaks to a desire to escape from the physical pain that I experience in my body by actually providing myself with more of that because it's comfortable. Um, and that, you know, it's, it, people always say like, just because it's comfortable doesn't mean it's good for you. Right. Stuff like that. And that's exactly what the South node of the moon is like. It's like, the, the places that you're familiar with, but might be the your coping mechanisms also. Um, another thing that I look at, because the first house is the house of the native, is what planet rules that house and where is it and what is it doing? So for me, Aries is ruled by Mars. Mars is a, considered to be a malefic planet. And that means that wherever it goes, it tends to have a bit more of a a harsh um, effect. And um, Saturn is also considered to be a malefic planet. So when they're together, they can be, there's a lot of unrest there. And so where my Mars is, Saturn is also there. Saturn tends to slow things down. Mars is like, let's go, let's do this. So one of my teachers said having Mars and Saturn together is like driving with the brakes on. So like, if you think about that, considering the fact that Mars rules my, my first house, it's like my health, my physical body can feel like driving with the brakes on. So, yeah, that's an amazing insight, you know, to be able to see that. And then that doesn't mean that like, that the thing is you have free will right so like you have you know all that information like there are things that you incarnate here to experience and 
don't know if you want to call it karma or, you know, or just you've, you're, you're here to, and that's part of your path, but that doesn't yeah. mean that that's, you're stuck there for the rest of your life. Right. No, totally. And it's, I think that when we look at a natal chart, which is the, the picture of what the sky was like when you were born, um, that's kind of like the, that is the, the, essentially the karma that you come into this lifetime with, but that, and, and it can also tell you in some sort of ways how it might play out, but we really have to look at the transits and, um, progressions in order to see in a, like regarding to actual time, what is happening. There are other techniques that you can use too, but it's really complicated. Yeah, um, it sounds like it. And I'm so curious to learn more about it. And I, you know, I just bought a book and I'm about to kind of dive in. But, you know, um, no matter how many readings I get, I need to get, I just need more. You know, it's like you need, yeah. it's like, it's very well, complex. There's like an endless amount of information that you can draw from a chart. And yeah. like if my, one of my teachers, um, gave me a very important piece of information, which is that when you go into a reading with someone, have them ask questions because it can really like, you can just go off on some weird tangents. And maybe that's not like, I, honestly, when I do it, I feel like the, those weird tangents are kind of like exactly what the person needed. But sometimes it's not, you know, and you like, if you get all wants, into it. You're like, and yeah. this, that, and the other thing. They're like, uh, and I'm like, I just cracked open your life. Now yeah. deal with that. You're like, but I'm just curious, <laughs> like where I'm going to move in five years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Stuff like that. I don't know. I had one client where I was like, wow, I feel like we just um, unearthed the major uh, crux of your life. And so you should go meditate on that now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I thought it was intense. I found it really interesting. The last um, reading I had that um he this guy said that i was supposed to do something with like nutrition related like teach people uh -huh. about nutrition i'm like yeah that's what i do you know it was like a kind of like moment of like mm. but it's also was an interesting point because and i have to I'll, I, i'm I'm now that i'm getting a little more insight into this i'm gonna look at you know the houses but i was sort of like i got really like overdoing that like because part of me learning about nutrition and i'm still very passionate about teaching people how to eat well because there's mm -hmm. just so much misinformation out there and confusion and i like to really make it easy for people because yeah. you do feel so much better the energy you put in really totally. supports the energy you put out so totally. and it's not that complicated for most people when it comes to eating like just whole foods, like, you know, fruits and yeah. vegetables, but people yep. overcomplicate it. But I sort of got to this point where I was just like, I hate, I hate doing this. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I don't know, you know, I think it's because I, part of it, part of my journey was I was trying to fix myself for so long and learn about eating and nutrition and like the best ways to have like the best body and the perfect health that yeah. it made me just like, resent having clients for it yeah you know, when I got yep. when I got to a place where I really had so much neutrality around food and I'm still in that place where it's just it's really beautiful because I really don't have like a diet that I like eat I'm just I yeah. just eat and yeah I'm very I, I know how to eat well but you know like we're gonna go get pizza tonight with my brother and I have awesome. and there's no and because of the way my beliefs around food now and and this really for me 
I, I saw this transformation, the more that I believed in the power of my mindset around food and how it wasn't harming me, it was supporting me. And there, it's not black and white with food. Pizza is not going to make me fat, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'm enjoying I, and I can eat until my heart's content. And there's really that stress doesn't surround food for me anymore. I was like, well, my work is done. So why am I doing this anymore for work in a weird <laughs> way? You know, I was yeah. like, I'm not excited yeah. anymore because I was really trying to learn it for myself for so many years. Totally, totally. But OK, so I want to touch on the astrology for you, because so the nodes of the moon, like I was talking about before, they stay in the same place for like a year and a half. So we have the nodes of the moon in the same place, not in the same houses, but in the same signs. So you have the south node in Virgo and the north node in Pisces. What it's come to me that that really represents is like moving out, like the the need to integrate more into the mind slash emotion slash spiritual nature of of your existence in order to get out of those coping mechanisms, which Virgo is so like it can be extremely um, exhausting energy because there's a lot of, um, you know, Virgo season is, it's the fall, right? So it's like harvest season. You're getting ready for the winter. You're like, if I don't have everything that I need in I'm order, going then to die. I'm going to die. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's something else that I often think about with Virgo is like, we have all of these rituals that we use to keep the impending chaos from descending on us and you know it could be like just you know I drink 32 ounces of water every morning when I wake up or like I know, exercise whatever. for exactly <laughs> 60 <laughs> minutes you know but it's true but, it's so true yeah and then but on the other side of that Pisces is like this huge expansive energy that like there are no boundaries so like when we're able to really access that part of ourselves where we're able to say like take a deep breath. We're all connected. Everything is a continuous experience. Everything is a continuous energy. There's not one part of it that is better or worse than another. There is not one part of it that is ultimately scary. It's going to be okay. Just flow because Virgo has a very, very uh, interesting way of stopping flow. <laughs> yeah. And in including the period, right? Like that's like, because it's control, like, you, you know, it there, you want to make sure that you have everything that you need. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just finding a softness there. Yeah. And that's the whole, you know, for everyone listening, embracing the feminine side from, for me mm. personally, what's been so magical is relinquishing control in a way that is not chaotic, just in a way that is in flow to feel yeah. more interconnected and divinely supported. And exactly. to be able to meditate and to not have such strict rules and boundaries around my life mm -hmm. has been really transformative. Yeah. And that's the work I'm moving into. I think we tend to attract people who have similar energies yep, because they can see the transformation within you. Mm -hmm. And so I love working with people who are very type A driven and <laughs> like control and con like yeah. very controlling yeah. in their environment 
and seeing that transformation and how when they when they soften and they really can release some of that tension uh-huh. they're just having so much more fun yeah. that's what it's all about just yeah. like having more enjoyment and more play mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and i something that i have been thinking about a lot lately lately with um like I don't know. I guess like the the control as women that we feel like we need to have over our bodies is that it's been imposed on us from the outside and not just through the media, but through like the medical industry as well. There are so many of like arcane uh, procedures that we have to deal with just to make sure that our health is in order. And I think that, you know, if if you feel like that is the right path for you, then I wholly support that but at the same time i there's so much out there that feels to me like a male dominated way of repressing the sacred feminine through the use of practices that make us feel really unsafe and uncomfortable and not not in our power Amen to that, sister. I have a client in 15 minutes, so I got to pop off here. Okay. I want to leave the listeners with that and to ponder. And that's just like, you know, <laughs> you could go up. We, <laughs> um, we can, you know, totally make this regular if you've got the time, because I love talking yeah. about this. And it, it's just been really, really nice. We can just hang out and reconnect on the WooCast. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Let's do it. <laughs> I know. And, um, you know, I'm headed out to California on Friday. and. I don't know what we're doing or where we're going. So who the hell knows if I'm going to end up like near you. But if I am, you, I will see Keep you. In touch. Yeah. <laughs> we don't Keep have, touch. we don't, speaking of letting things flow, we really don't have a plan in terms of we have Perfect. one Airbnb book for the first nice. three nights. And then it's That's like, awesome. I don't know what we're doing, guys. I have no idea. And like, it's kind of odd because I'm like, okay. But like, normally I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, this is insane. Like, I can't concentrate on my life because I don't have these. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, part of this is happening because that's how it has to happen right now. Like, yeah, like this is all a part of like me moving, moving and like letting something else guide me to where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to just like see where we end up. We don't know where we're going to live. And it's really cool. I love that. Yeah. I'm really, I just can't wait as I'm staring at a, at a snowstorm right now. I know. <laughs> like this shit's not, not for me anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I Fair love enough. you and thank you for coming on to too. the show. And I Thanks will for talk having to you me. soon. Mwah. <laughs>